Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crypto OG Show. Uh, so today, ah, we have an amazing person um, joining us today. This is Lynn Ubrecht. I think I'm saying that last name correctly. U- Ubrecht. It's um, uh, Ross's, Ross Ubrecht's mother. Um, Ross Ubrecht was the founder and creator of Silk Road. If many of you have not heard of that. It was a website back in 2013, 2014. Uh, actually, I think he started in 2011 and he did it for two or three years. Um, it was just a, a, a public website that people can go on like eBay and trade and buy and sell using only Bitcoin. So many people consider Ross to be like if Satoshi Nakamoto was the father, he is like the mother or the, the, uh, the, the second in command, uh, you know, that we would like to visually see in our head. Because he's the one that kind of proved to the world that Bitcoin had value that it could actually be used as currency. So I'm so super excited for this. We're gonna wait for um, Lynn, for his mother to join us. Um, It's a very sad story, um, but we're gonna get a little, we're gonna dive deeper into that um, during during this podcast. So can't wait. Coming on to my show and taking the time to share um, your story, your your perspective of this industry, um, and really just kind of give us uh, an up to date, you know, uh, uh, what's going on news about Ross and uh, what's going on with him in prison, what's going on with with the movement Free Ross. Um, but before we begin, I want to do something that I don't believe a lot of crypto podcasts uh, uh, shows do. And I'm trying to be a little different. I'm trying to be a little, um, a little more grounded with our, with my, uh, with my interviews and my conversations. So the first thing I want to do is kind of take a deep breath, put your feet on the I'm floor, you know, flat on the floor, hands on the table, kind of get grounded, breathe into the moment. slow things down. And I really want to ask you, what is your truth in this moment? What is real for you in this moment? And it doesn't have to be crypto related. It doesn't have to be Ross related. Anything that's going on in Lynn Ubrick's mind right now. Go ahead. Uh, I'm looking at some beautiful mountains and uh, really have been you know, wanting to work on being in present time. So I mm. feel like, yeah, that was great. I feel like I'm in, I'm here. <laughs> so that's really what's going, nothing is much going on in my mind right now, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking at these mountains. I'm lucky to be able to see them. Is it usually um, uh, busy in your mind uh, because of everything yes. that's going on? Too busy. And um, I've been really working on trying to not be, you know, thinking too much because it's wearing me out. Mm. And, you know, it just does. It just, you know, I think the best thing is to do what you can do, get it done, and um, 
then try to be in the moment, you know? And uh, if you're not, then your mind is just going and it, and it wears you out. Uh, and you're not as effective. I think you're much more effective when you. Mm, I love that you said that because if you're not grounded yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you take care of anybody else? You know, how can you, how can you do the things that you want to do and be passionate about? Right, exactly. So I'm, I'm trying for that. You know, it's easy to get caught up in emergencies and all of that, but trying to set aside time. Did a great yoga class last night. It was wonderful. Ah, <laughs> we all got the, we got the tools in our lives that we, we do to kind of slow ourselves down and bring yeah. that nervous system down to kind of a grounded, uh, momentary place, right? Where you're in the moment and you're not just like all over the place. And it's healthy, you know, it's physically healthy, you know, I, I need to do this. I'm not, I'm not so young, you know, I need to be taking care of myself. So, I mean, everybody does, but anyway. Yeah. And I can only imagine, um, the last decade for you. I can only imagine. Well, it's been six, little over six years, not quite a decade before that. It was pretty easy. Actually, it was pretty yeah. not everything. I, I, we all have our challenges. I've certainly had many challenges, but they were not like this. This is a, I had normal people's problems, even normal people's big problems. This isn't normal problems. This is, I don't know. It's some kind of um, thing that's been given to me to do. You know? Well, let's, let's expand on that. Um, what you just mentioned about your life before all of this. So I kind of want to ask you, you know, where, how was life with Ross and your family and everything before he decided that one day he wanted to create this, this website? Yeah, well, we're very, you know, family-oriented people, and um, we had, look, we had, like I said, we had our issues, mm. but um, in general, we're very, and we still are, very committed to each other, and um, now he's, Ross had a very normal kind of childhood, um, you know, he was very artistic, he played sports, he was in Boy Scouts, did a lot of camping outdoors, a lot of outdoor, loves the outdoors still which is one of the things that's so hard is that he said, and he said, I miss trees. You know, I just miss trees. The simple yeah. things, right. Start coming sad back. for me. I'm like, God, I don't even think about it. You know, we don't think, Oh, there's a tree. Well, we don't even think about it. And he hasn't seen a tree in over six years. My goodness. You know, and he saw a dog the other day came into the visiting room, I guess a medical thing or what he goes, wow, I've seen my first dog in six years. And we had family pets always that were part of the family. And, you know, it's like, it's just these little things that um, you don't realize are so, you know, deprive people in prison of what life is really those little things that make up your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I can only imagine. Um, yeah. When you're, when you're sep when you've been separated from what is our normal, right? What is the everyday normal routine? And you get pushed into this like force really into this new routine, into this new paradigm. Everything that you used to take for granted starts to like become exaggerated or not exaggerated, but just, you know, intensified. And you're like, wow, these little things here and there that I missed that I, I didn't know I, I relished, you know, now I, now I miss it. Mm -hmm. He wrote a, exactly. Uh, he wrote a um, essay called five keys to inner strength. I learned in five years in prison mm. on our website. It's also a medium and uh, it's inspiring me, inspired me. But one of the things, well, he said many interesting and smart and, you know, beautiful things in it, but to be the gratitude, 
that we should have, you know, for those little things. You know, it's very easy to lose track of that. I mean, certainly we all do it. And um, Ross is cultivating gratitude in there. And it's it's one of the things that really helps him, you know, and he, you know, he's very sincere about that. I think that's beautiful. You know, he's taking a very extremely difficult life situation. Um, just, just the heaviness of it, I can't even imagine. But he's taking that and he's, in a way, alchemizing that situation to something positive and changing it into it, yeah. this like, okay, I'm going to heal myself. That's what he's doing, really. He's, he's, he's looking inward. He's processing. He's doing all these things. That's healing in a that's very cool. difficult unfair, crazy situation, my opinion, of course. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people in there either just go unconscious in terms of not like, you know, watching TV all the time or doing Mm -hmm. drugs or whatever, because there's plenty of drugs in the prison, by the way, which shows Mm -hmm. the drug work cannot Mm -hmm. work. But in any case, and put us all in prison, there's still going to be drugs, but, um, you know, escaping and Ross has not taken that path. He's you know, he meditates, he has a spiritual outlook. He, um, he also is constructive with his time. He studies, he teaches, he, um, reads, he writes, he draws, he does different things that, you know, are constructive and tries to turn this into not wasted time, even though there's a lot of wasted time. I mean, his life, that's one of the things that's so hard for me is that I feel like his life is ticking away. It is ticking. Our, all our lives are ticking away, but it is, or is being wasted in this place. It's pretty barren. It's not, yeah. It's not, it's like everybody's lives is ticking away, but um, his choice of what he can do with that life. Oh, taken away. totally. He'd be so out of there if he could, sure. <laughs> you know, obviously yeah. um, he's met some great people in there and um, you know, learned a lot, matured a lot, of course, because he was only 26 when he created the website. He's 35 now. Mm. Um, but no, he desperately wants to be able to be out, out of prison and pursuing, you know, having a family and pursuing all his ideas that he's brimming over with. And, you know, so it's tough. You're right. But it's, um, he is, he is intentionally positive, intentionally taking an enlightened perspective and, um, trusting that it will all be used for the good. And that's how I feel too. It's like, because we've learned so many things about the atrocities of the criminal justice system through this and really needs to change in our country. It's so antithetical to the values of our country. And um, it hasn't always been like this. Before the drug war in the 80s, you know, it, the prisons were, I mean, they've metastasized 800%. They have so many people in prison. It's such a money maker. It's like all of these really awful things that are happening, these excessive sentences like Ross's. So anyway, um, he's learned a lot and wants to do something about it. So do I, and we're hoping that his case can shine a light on it. Yeah, I've definitely uh, followed along. Um, I, I mean, I remember when this happened, I remember hearing about it in the news even before I, I really heard about crypto, before I heard about, actually, if anything, I, I actually, uh, there was this initial association of crypto to bad, right? Because of, because of yeah, Silk yeah, Road. Absolutely. Um, but I, I want to, I want to kind of expand on that because that is something that it has been a myth around the whole um, website and what it's been known for. Um, I a hundred percent agree that the media just distorts and, and 
you know, uh, uh, um, they, they push information out without, uh, looking at the facts without, you know, it's just about, it's just about how many viewers can we get? So it, it, there's this whole distortion in the media. So I want to try to clarify oh, here, yeah. um, with, with two questions. Why did it, why did he choose or when did he choose? What was that moment that he chose to create the website? And really what was the intention behind it? I'm going to pull this because I think I'm too bright. Oh, yeah, that's oh you were. No, that's much yeah. better. I can see your beautiful <laughs> face now. Yeah, good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't involved in any of that. Um, mm-hmm. I know why he did, because he's told me since, is that he felt like, you know, we were losing our freedom and privacy and that people needed to understand that. And really, that was his motivation. And the judge knew it when she sentenced him because she said, I know you started the site for philosophical reasons. I'm just not sure that's a philosophy you've left behind. It's right, a philosophy of freedom, of, of choice, a non-aggression principle where do not harm other people. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a transaction with someone, your choice, but no third party can be harmed. No child through child porn or something. No child porn allowed. No stolen property. No, And um, that's the dangerous and troubling philosophy that this judge thought that he needed to be put away for life for. But of course it was also, I think the idea of an open market and also Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I think was a big part of it. So, cause that was all new then, you know, it was the first proof of use. Most people, almost everyone had not heard of Bitcoin. And um, so cat's out of the bag now, but you know, it's because of Silk Road and he was going to be punished for that. I believe. Yeah, no, I, you know, um, what I've, since I've heard about the story, uh, Ross is really considered like, uh, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto is the father. Ross is like considered like the mother or the, the second in command. Like he's the one that I believe proved that Bitcoin was a, um, a currency that was something right. that could be used in real world. And I a hundred percent agree that in that moment back in 2013, when it was just kind of flourishing, uh, the government was like, Oh no, we need to, we need to make an example. We need to get someone to make an example of this so that nobody else goes down this road. Well, Chuck Schumer said it. He said, we've got to take down Silk Road and Bitcoin. And then we found out from publicly, I mean, it's public record. And, um, then Snowden uh, had documents that they, that were revealed by the intercept a couple of years ago that I think it's been a couple of years. God, time flies. Um, came out that, um, the NSA was urgently tracking Bitcoin users uh, before Silk Road's takedown, shortly before. You know, they're supposed to be tracking terrorists and keeping us safe, but apparently they thought Bitcoin was a huge threat. And um, actually, terrorists have gotten less sentence than Ross, a shorter wow. sentences than Ross. Wow. Um, but they considered it obviously extremely important to go after it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think... And, you know, you start this thing, this alternative community and currency, um, you're messing with uh, some big powers. Now, since, since the, the, in, in the day that he was taken, um, I'm sure you've been through the most emotional roller coaster that a mother can go through. Yeah. Um, just because I've, I've, I've done the research on everything that's happened with him and, and everything you've been through just with, um, uh, you know, new, new evidence popping up and then the evidence being tainted and then being thrown, you know, this, all this, this craziness around it. How, oh, yeah. how did you, how did you move through that? I mean, I, I, I'm not a mother, I'm not a father, but Super I can't stressful. imagine. 
yeah. yeah, I just sort of catapulted into this bizarre situation um, and bizarre reality. I mean, honestly, the deep web, whatever, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, <laughs> I didn't know anything. And, um, you know, I just had to. And uh, when you have to, you know, you do it um, one day at a time. And I made, we made a lot of mistakes. I feel like looking back, I would do things differently, but we did our best. We, we didn't know, you know, you, most people, when they're, the government goes after you, you don't know what to do. You don't know. It's very difficult. Mm. Um, so you just could, I, I have, you know, I have to trust that there's, uh, you know, keep my eye on the prize of Ross's freedom and take it one day at a time and trust that it's the right thing. And that it will happen. I, I do believe it will, but I just hope it doesn't take too long, much longer. Now, I mean, there's so much around the story. There's so many things that has happened. Um, and I, I want to kind of go into a little bit of those details just so that sure. I can, you know, we can get it on the podcast and it can be cleared up so people aren't confused about Ross and what mm-hmm. his involvement was and what the charges were and all that. So um, I wanted to start with, um, Kind of just a clar- clarification on what the charges were exactly for for for. Um, okay, well, why don't we talk about what he was sentenced for? Because yeah. they reduced that. They had, they mm-hmm. what this is what prosecutors do. They load up um, charges mm-hmm. uh, and to prejudice the jury. This makes you sound even worse than you are, kind of thing. Sure. And then they take them away uh, in sentencing. Um, so they they were redundant, but essentially. It was, it was almost all conspiracy. He was in a conspiracy to traffic narcotics. He was in a conspiracy to um, hack computers because there was software on the site that could have been used to do that. No hacking was ever alleged or proven. Um, he was in a conspiracy to launder money because people changed fiat for Bitcoin. He was in a conspiracy to uh, have false IDs because People put them up there. The only charge that was not a conspiracy charge, and by the way, the government uses conspiracy charges <laughs> to really widen the criminal umbrella and put a lot of people in prison. Actually, never did anything. Right. You know, it's like Ross never, never um, sold drugs. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, uh, put he's got a drug charges as he is a drug kingpin, and that was the other charge which they brought in late because they were pressuring him and. Um, they said, well, we're going to add the kingpin charge. And that has its own life sentence, hence the double life. Wow. And um, it's saying he's equivalent to Pablo Escobar or El Chapo. But El Chapo got half the sentence of Ross. He didn't oh even gosh. get as big a sentence as Ross. Um, you know, it's saying that a website host is essentially a kingpin. And um, it's absurd. And I don't know too many kingpins who adhere to the non-aggression principle or voluntary interaction. I did. You know, I, I yeah. don't think that's really in the profile. Non-aggression principle, right? That doesn't harm third parties. Right. There's no pedophilia, uh, all exactly. that kind of stuff. Right. There's no, it's all voluntary. Mm. It's, there's no, you know, um, yeah, that was the principle. We can argue that it was reckless and idealistically, you know, very idealistic, but you know, something a, a young person might do and regardless of the risk or whatever, or whether it was bad, you know, the site was bad or not bad. I'm not defending the site or, or I should say any, everything on the site. Um, I understand the, but I understand the, the motivation for it. And I mm-hmm. believe that it meant no harm and actually it was, you know, meant well. Um, 
And um, yeah, there were bad things on it. Um, there's bad things on Facebook. Actually, there's Facebook bad things has everywhere. more drug set, more drug exchanges than so, like a hundred times more or something. I heard some congressional thing. You know, you know, uh, uh, FedEx is considered at. FedEx is considered the biggest um, drug mule. Yeah, there you <laughs> in go. the world. <laughs> so yeah, sick. actually, the government went after FedEx for that. Oh, really? Under the same um, uh, kind of umbrella as Silk Road, because it was called vicarious liability, saying, well, you didn't do it, but your vehicle, whatever it was, a website or a truck or whatever, did it. You facilitated it. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and you're so you're just as guilty. It's a conspiracy. But FedEx, uh, you know, got out of that one. They've got very deep money. pockets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I had their checkbook. But anyway, yeah. But, but, but uh, I mean, you know, I say that jokingly, but that's the sad reality of this, yeah. of this, um, of this government, of this, of this, of the U S is where, you know, money kind of breaks, you can break the law oh, almost if you have enough money, you know, and get away yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just very lucky. I mean, we would be finished long ago. We were pretty wiped out personally, uh, except we've had such great support, um, from people in the Bitcoin community and crypto community, as well as many others. Yeah, actually, I've I've been looking over. Um, you've had you actually have a, a pretty pretty substantial group of influencers really backing up the project and really not the project but backing up the the movement. And, and, right, yeah, um, and I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, yeah, because it's like it, it's obvious, man. Especially with, because of the internet, it allows us to search, you know, and go back and 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 compare. And we're and, and when you do that with this case, you're like, whoa, <laughs> something. Is mm-hmm. desperately wrong here, and that's, that's a good actually point. why you I was like, you I can need go to, back I need and really dig. Yeah. And we actually have something on our website. Uh, it was called Railroaded, and change it to the the Untold Story, I think. Mm, and yeah, it's, I saw um, that. it's a video, and it's but you can read it. It's got four hundred uh, citations. It's based on the public record. Wish I could get my hands on the sealed in- evidence and the uh, undisclosed evidence that the government refuses to reveal about well, the. What case. is their excuse for not why. revealing? <laughs> They don't give, I mean, I don't know. They just say no. That's yeah, it's, it's sealed. Wow. It's sealed, yeah. done. It's undisclosed, done. Unencrypted. I mean, undecrypted. Uh-huh. The, the, the corrupt agents that were involved that are now in prison that act could have could have acted as Dread Pirate Roberts, the main administrator, um, stole, I think, 20,000 Bitcoin or more. Um, wow. They're in prison. And um, none of their emails or any of their stuff has been decrypted. I'm like, really? That wasn't part of your their deal to decrypt their stuff? What are you hiding? What are you hiding, government and prosecutors, if you can't let it all out? Why is there anything sealed? Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I you know, I'll, I'll be open with you and, and the audience. Um, I had a family member spend 12 months in uh, federal prison and uh, it was in Virginia, West Virginia. And, um, it was kind of the same thing. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of this, it was all about a conspiracy. He was charged with conspiracy. They use that to put so many people. Yeah. They love conspiracy. That's like their favorite. Um, but, uh, no worries about having a relative who was in prison. Uh, I found out that many of my really good friends are felons. I I made a lot of friends in this and they're great people. You know, a lot of drug crimes and that sort of thing. I I know. I saw that, um, um, part of the group that he, uh, I saw the picture where he was with yeah. a bunch of men. Right. Um, it was a group of people that were uh, falsely 
falsely charged, right? Falsely committed. They were not. What it, what, what a lot of them were is they are serving life for all nonviolent right. drug right. offenses. And the reason several of them are serving life is because of the evil, evil third strike law, which means that no matter what you do on your third offense, you get life. So one guy's in there for marijuana, Tony, who the, the prison's in Colorado where it's legal. It's in Colorado and he's in yeah. there for marijuana. Yeah. What life, not just on? in there, life, life. sentence. Oh and he's already done like 15 years for marijuana in Colorado. And um, yeah, it's federal ground, but it happens to be in Colorado. So the irony is there. And then another guy, sweet guy, met him. Uh, and actually, I'm in touch with Tony's mom, and I, I try to help them as best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in there for residue on a dollar bill for life. Oh my for life. It's like I could have residue on a dollar bill easily. Everybody, Everybody can. can have anything on a dollar yeah. bill. But, you know, it's very lucrative to keep these. Yeah. It's, the taxpayers are paying, you know, billions of dollars. And there's a lot of people skimming off of that and making a lot of money. In, you know, legitimate industries and businesses, you know, legitimate. And um, if you call making money off of human beings legitimate, or you could call it human trafficking, but, um, and also, um, you know, illegitimate, mm. you know, guards get arrested for, I mean, I've known a couple of guards who've been arrested for selling drugs to him. I mean, you know. It, My goodness. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up watching a lot of movies and you see all this stuff in movies and, and you think like, oh, it's in the movies. But I've, heard, you know, I growing up, I've always always told that life is stranger than fiction, yeah. and, and my life is for sure. <laughs> I can I can only imagine, yeah. And and, it, and this is a yeah. great, like you're saying, it's a great, um, it's proof of that 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 like we watch these movies that feel that like it's got all these crazy stuff, but it kind of like ties the knot at the end. But life is crazy. What they're actually doing in real life, what is actually happening in real life, yeah. is so insane. Yeah. What we see in the movies, and then it creates that correlation where, like, oh, it can't happen. That only happens in the movies, and then right, and then well, people dismiss it, and they don't uh-huh. go after it because it mm-hmm. can't happen, but it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, um, you know, I want to get um, so to continue on. I want to get kind of your perspective um, on the industry a little bit uh, after you've been through all this, and and you see what what how Sorry, Ross. Sorry, it's my phone. I need to. Sure, no problem. I think it's Ross calling me, but I can't. Oh. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, he's not gonna want to. I can't. <laughs> I'm on there. Sorry. No, no worries. No worries. It's uh, that was Ross. <laughs> oh, it was Ross. Okay. Yeah, he well, psychically knows I'm talking about. <laughs> he felt it. He'll probably do it again too. Well, tell tell him hi for me. I will. That, um, I will. You know, I, I honestly, after I'm, I'm so glad that Ian introduced us because I I feel very strongly about this about the situation Good. and about Good. this. Um, well, we need help. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm willing to do that. I'm I'm a movie Great. producer. Uh, I do production and, and documentaries and stuff. And mm-hmm. one of the ideas I had was to, after speaking to Ian, was really diving in deep into this uh, and making something real, so that it can be, so people can know what is going on. I mean, it's such a unique case. It's such a unique situation because of crypto. I mean, crypto has really put this like this thing in in, in the spotlight. I believe for me. Uh, and in, and in, in the crypto industry, mm-hmm. uh, everybody talks about this. So. Is this live? If it's not, I'm no, going to answer it. It's not live. It's yeah. not live. It's recorded. Hello? Hello?
So for everybody watching, um, this is recorded, obviously, but um, she went into the other room to answer Ross's phone that he's calling uh, from prison. So maybe we can get some, some more information about what's going on with him today, specifically today. Okay. <laughs> he just wanted my sister's address. So I guess he's going to write her a letter <laughs> or something. Oh, okay. That's good. How's, how's he doing? He's good. He sounded good. He said, yeah. you know, have fun with your interview. And that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, you know, I, I, I always say is like, uh, you know, if you wake up every day trying to have that mindset of like happiness and, and joy, then your life is happy and joy. And so you know, why not You're practice right. that? Yeah. It's very good. It's, it's a lot about, controlling what's in here and you yes, know sometimes it's hard sometimes it's hard not to be despairing to be honest um but that just enervates you and ross has really taught me that mm. he also you know is very insistent he does not get into bitterness or blame i think i was starting to say what other people do in prison as opposed to him a lot of people are eaten up by bitterness and despair and ross won't let that happen he will not allow that to happen to him and i remember one time i was you know, just having some comments about a certain judge. And um, I was like, ah, you know, it's like, and he's like, nope, we're not going to go there. It doesn't matter. It's not personal. It's not about a, any particular individual. It's all part of this machine. And it's just, wow. and he, and I know, what and he's like, we're not going to talk. We're not going to do that. And he cut it yeah. short. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, but um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> To expand on that, how has he changed dramatically? Um, and, and, and in what sense has he changed since going in? Well, as I say, he's matured like anybody mm -hmm. would from 26 to 35. But And also with the experiences he's seen and the people he's met, because he's met people he never in a million years would have met <laughs> in, in, you know, before. Mm. Totally, really unprepared for this whole thing and just sort of thrown into it. And he's done incredibly well, very well liked by, you know, prisoners and guards and everybody, you know, because he's so nice <laughs> but um he um he's always been a really kind of laid-back guy he's always been easygoing as a baby even I could just take him anywhere um we we called him Buddha baby because he was just, just so content and kind of observing <laughs> and kind of he was always just super laid-back and so I think that's really uh helped him his, mm -hmm. his actual kind of innate personality he doesn't tend to, you know, I remember one time I was, you know, I get whipped up and he doesn't, he doesn't. And um, one time I was really angry at a particular guard who was being totally unreasonable and awful. And um, he's like, don't worry about it. He's neurotic. It doesn't matter. He's acting like, you know, it, it's okay. You know, and all, and then I'm like, yeah, and he's got my son. I better be nice. But, um, you know, he's just... He doesn't get pulled in in a personal way to the kind of abuse that does happen in prisons. 
And um, because of that, he doesn't get pulled into a lot of the dramas that happen mm. in prison. Prison is full of drama because they're bored for one thing. And, sure. and there's just all these dramas. It's like high school. Interactions. Huh? It's like high school, my brother told me. Yeah. It's like all these, you know, they're bored. There's all these guys pushed together, you know, in the situation. And um, there's all kinds of interactions and stuff. And he just wouldn't, he didn't. And that's how he made it through a very dangerous prison. He's, the prison he's in now is, is where they put people who are targeted. Ross refused to assault, participate in assault on another inmate. And because he refused, he was made a target himself and had oh, to put Lord. himself in protective custody, mm. which meant sitting in an eight by 10 metal box with no window for three and a half months. And sometimes people are kept in there for a year. This is in America, people. <laughs> this is in America. And, um, but he, thank God, was sent to a, Tucson where they put people who are um, targeted. And, um, and not that it's great, it's still prison, but it's not violent. The other place was very, very violent. And um, so anyway, he's, I forget why we, I got off on that. <laughs> Sorry. I remember. <laughs> I know. Um, um, yeah. yeah, no, we were just expanding on like how he's changed. Um, oh, and yeah. I, think, I don't think innately he's changed. Mm -hmm. he, he's him. We, he still has a great sense of humor. We still have great talks. He's, of course, really smart and an interesting person and interested in lots of different things. Um, so his basic personality and he's sweet. He's very sweet. He's very he really is. And you can there's 100 letters on our website talking about him that were written to the judge begging her to give him the minimum sentence. And she gave mm -hmm. him the absolute maximum possible within the law, you know, death in prison, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's essentially himself, but he's, I would say, much more um, tough. Not he doesn't seem tough, but compared, you know, he's just more worldly wise. He's been in prison for he's on his seventh year. Sure. He's learned a lot. He's seen a lot. So he's had to worry about being killed every day mm. when he was in that, you know, being mm. stabbed or beaten or whatever every day. So he, I'm, you know, he's just seen how that world works and that does, doesn't change you fundamentally, but I think it does, you know, you mature, you're a more mature person. You're more, I don't know, tough might it might be the right word. Cause Ross isn't tough. It's just kind of like more strong. strong. Uh, yeah, That'd yeah. be the word I'd say. Yeah, as you're describing that, it reminded me of a book I read recently by um, this doctor called Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, oh yeah, who, I know who he is. I know. Oh, so I know yeah. so he talks I, about he talks about neuro, neuroplasticity, um, which is interesting because it's um, it's sort of what Ross is kind of practicing. If he's daily practicing this thought process of um, gratefulness and thankfulness, and you know, love and uh, yeah. empathy, compassion the more you do that on a daily practice, you start to literally rewire your brain pathways. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what uh, Joe Dispenza talks about. And which I love that. Which book are you reading? Cause I, I would like to read one of his books. I haven't read any. I've just listened to him on YouTube. Um, so, so the, the, um, uh, the most recent one that I was, that I started reading, which is his earlier book is um, we are the placebo. Great book. I mean, it, it just, he kind of takes back ownership of the word placebo mm. where Western medicine really um, put that word as like this, like, mm -hmm. Oh, it's fake. It's a placebo. Like it's not mm -hmm. working. Our mm -hmm. pills work. And he's like, no, 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 no. Placebo is the proof 
that you don't need the p- the pills to work. <laughs> well, it's proof that what you what you're thinking will affect your yeah. Exactly, and and it seems like he is do, that Ross is is truly down the right path, which is not holding on to the which is I believe the worst thing you can do is hold on to uh, uh, emotional trauma and keep that tension in your body that'll physically kill you literally. Yeah, literally. Well, and it's sometimes very hard when you have traumatic things happen. And uh, no, he's, yeah, which exactly, he inspires and I think, me, you know, exactly. Which is why I brought that up because I, I think it's amazing and mind blowing and inspirational to say the least that this person Ross uh, has the strength and the, in the, in the courage to be this way in that environment, you know, right. You know, not, not wanting to be a part of, 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 of that event and then being targeted and being, you know, all that comes with strength, man. Oh, definitely. He had to face down some people. Yes, absolutely. So he is strong and got a lot of courage Mm. and, you know, because I think so highly of him, it's really hard when you read about all this stuff, you know, Russell Brick, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, basically criminal mastermind. <laughs> I'm like, mm. whatever, you know, it's so absurd. And um, I feel like people, a lot of people who are following it can start to get a sense of who he actually is. Yes. But it's hard with the media. The media love that stuff. They love it. You know, murder for hire, you know, yes. which was never charged, never proven, never uh, a jury never ruled on it. That the, they were is all dismissed, but I've heard from more than one person, lawyers and people that have been done to, that this is a part of their playbook. They smear people with things that are, you know, horrible. Never have to prove it. Just talk to the media about it, who happily trumpet it, mm. and there you go. And um, even uh, one of the people that President Trump did commute, Alice Johnson, she they did that to her. And it was oh, false. It's like they do that. And I know someone else, actually a, a, a fellow prisoner Ross is with now, who's, um, he said they did it to him. It's, it's, they well, don't they, they took get away, away the, with it. Cause they're not, they're not actually charging him with it. It's like, it's not a charge. It's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. They and sneak they it in stuff, there. Digital stuff they can throw yeah. up and say it's real. Anyway. And they, and they, and I even read that they took away, kind of really took away his sixth amendment of being judged by his peers. Right. Because the judge kind of just went, Straight well, into yeah, appeal, because I think it was. she used that allegation, which was never put before a jury, right. to enhance her horrific, hmm. evil sentence that she gave hmm. him. And um, that was brought all the way to the Supreme Court. And apparently it's done a lot in our system where judges go, oh, well, I don't care if it's been before a jury or I don't care if a jury said he was innocent. Right. I, I don't think he is. And I'm going to do this. Well, this is a complete violation of our Bill of Rights and our Sixth Amendment, which was written to stop exactly that. That's why there's 12 jurors of your peers. Of course, they aren't his peers. They didn't understand technology, Bitcoin, or anything else. But at least there were 12 of them. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. They just chose based on age or you know similarities in that sense, government. but not like the tech part, which is so oh, important. No. Wow. Most of them were over 40 and worked for the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was a show. Yeah, we had a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I look—I don't think they were bad people or anything, but they do look up to the prosecutors and the judge, and they and the judge was definitely on the prosecutor's side. That was quite mm-hmm. clear. So they're just like, okay, must be true, you know. Yeah, and that's a—I think that's just a general uh, issue <laughs> with this world—is that people. Uh, I want to say it's this like avoidance of wanting to feel shame. 
you know? Uh, and then the people that just, they just kind of like lean towards whatever the rest is doing. So they don't feel like separated. So I think that just, uh, uh, yeah. huh. there's, there, it, I think it got to a point where everybody's like, Oh, we're all in agreement. We're all just going to do this. Okay. There are um, about four of the them that I think didn't want to do it. And it was obvious. And, um, but they're, I'm sure pressured. Yeah. They'd been and, and that's there, right. And that's, I think what Ross, Ross said, uh, that you mentioned was that it's a machine. It's not one individual. Yeah. It's this whole thing. That's just grinding away and you can't stop it until, until, well, we can. until you make enough you know, noise. We can try right. to fix it. Um, but it's, Definitely tough and very entrenched, but we better because. Um, and I now, believe that a I believe three felonies I believe, a day. Yeah, and I that, believe that um, crypto is still new enough that we can. Sorry, I have to plug noise. my thing in. No, no worries. Hey everyone, with the Crypto OG podcast, I am so sorry for this sudden stop. Unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties on that day that I interviewed Lynn. Uh, this was back in end of February. So I want to give you some updates and the links and everything that you can go to to help with their free Ross Ubrick movement. Uh, since March 19th, they've collected 275,000 signatures for Ross's petition. And if you want to add your signature to it, like I have, you can go to freeross.org forward slash petition. Um, and I want to read something that uh, Ross wrote um, that was recent, and it's his seventh birthday in prison. For Ross, today is another reminder of time passing and lost opportunities while his life is wasted in prison. Because of the pandemic, Ross won't get any visits for his 36th birthday this year. We pray the next one will be spent in freedom with family and friends. For his birthday, Ross wrote a short essay called The Next Seven. More than any other day of the year, I feel the weight of the time I have lost. The years of my life I will never get back. Time is priceless, yet it must be spent. It cannot be saved for later. These seven years are gone, spent in some of the many concrete and iron tombs that dot our countryside, spent struggling to make sense of fate and searching for meaning within the pain. During these uncertain and volatile times, we thank you, Ross, for your resilience and strength. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this podcast, on this interview with Lynn. Please go ahead and check out freeross.org forward slash petition. Thank you. We'll see you again.